G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Things are changing hour by hour in Israel. The war has entered a new stage as Israeli defence forces enter Gaza. Perhaps the whole world right now is on edge as situations escalate. Well, a different dimension to explore today as we connect with Christians living and working in Israel. An opportunity today for a first-hand, on-the-ground account of developments in Israel with a Christian pastor. Pastor Israel Pokhtar and his wife Vicky pastor the Beit Hallel Congregation, a Christian church in the biblically historic city of Ashdod, just to the west of Jerusalem on the Mediterranean Sea. Well, Pastor Israel, he oversees six churches throughout Israel and his congregations have been directly affected by the terror attacks from Hamas. It's very early in the morning there and we are very grateful for his sacrifice in staying up late or getting up early to speak with us today live. Pastor Israel, a special welcome along to 2020. Uh, Thank you. Shalom from Israel. And yes, it's great uh, to speak with you and to share what God is doing here in Israel and what's happening here. And we might unpack what God is doing in Israel with you shortly. But as we get underway with our our conversation today, I wonder if you've got a, a little bit of a reflection on where you are and how significant things are for you, because you're not actually that far from Gaza, just north up the coast a little. Uh, Give us an idea of what things look like for you and your family and for your congregation there in Ashdod. Yeah, you're right. We're pretty close to Gaza. Ashdod located uh, about 35 kilometers from Gaza only. So I live on the high floor. uh, And between me and Gaza, there is another city, city of Ashkelon and then Gaza, uh, yet I see Ashkelon and I see Gaza from my windows, just with my eyes. So we are closed. I see the fire in Gaza. I see rockets flying from Gaza. I see all the interceptions in the sky. So we are very close. Uh, we see it and we hear it uh, daily. You can see Gaza from your window. Uh, right now, where you are in Israel, it's dark. Uh, if you look out your window now, can you see uh, perhaps um, uh, missiles uh, landing, uh, fire? What can you see when you when you actually do cast your sight towards Gaza? Yeah, well, mostly I see rockets flying and being intercepted in the sky uh, from Gaza. Uh, uh, and also I see explosions in Gaza when Israel do uh, land operations. You're in Ashdod, and you've been on the receiving end of rockets coming out of Gaza. Uh, How does does that uh, affect you, and uh, is this something you're seeing daily? Uh, Yes, we have uh, daily sirens and rockets flying and exploding and uh, intercepting, uh, some of them hitting the ground and and, uh, exploding. 
So we experience a war uh, daily. And just let, it, let me tell you a little bit about Ashdod. Uh, so Ashdod, it's a big city, big and modern city, beautiful city of uh, 250,000 inhabitants. Ashdod, uh, almost 200,000 inhabitants. And Ashdod have uh, much more fire because it's even closer to Gaza. So and we have churches in both cities. I live in uh, here in Ashdod and my our main church, the main campus here in Ashdod, but also we have church in Ashkelon. Uh, so uh, me, my family, my entire congregation and congregations, we do, expect, we do experience uh, war daily. So it really it does affect our lives all the time. And you've had dramatic personal effects uh, dating back to October the 7th. I wonder if you can share your heart as you recollect what happened on October the 7th. Yeah, well, uh, it was the uh, last day of holiday, of uh, biblical holidays and also vacation day in Israel. Uh, so we woke up early in the morning from the uh, uh, sirens and rocket explosions, uh, mostly interception. So praise the Lord. In my city, most of the rockets, they, was, they were intercept, intercepted by Iron Dome. Uh, but uh, well, I understood uh, something heavy happening because the... A volume of rockets was uh, amazing. That's for just a quiet morning, they've been shouting, shooting and shooting and shooting so many rockets, and it wasn't normal. Because in previous uh, war, we would uh, have some point of uh, threats and uh, negotiations, and we knew, we always knew that war is coming. Uh, and I used to say to my friends and to visitors who come to visit me that uh, no worries, even though we're close to Gaza and Israel, kind of it's uh, close to the war, kind of potentially any moment. But uh, really, we know ahead of time. We know when it's coming. We know when, when ex- escalation growing and everyone is ready. But this time, it was completely different. It was sudden and no one expected I mean, there were, like always, there were voices, but uh, exactly that day, that hour, no one expected. Uh, so we woke up for the heavy fire, and then uh, hours to it, we started to receive crazy messages. And one of the uh, kind of more personal message was for me uh, that we have few soldiers from my congregation, uh, like 19 and 20 years old boys and girls uh, in the uh, Gaza, at the Gaza borders. Uh, so we kind of started to pray for them. And I received uh, actually text messages from uh, a Christian family that lives right by the Gaza border. And I didn't get it. I can tell you the truth. I didn't understood the really level of danger. But this lady, her, her name is Katie. So Katie was texting to every friend. I, I understood it to everyone, to every friend, uh, to every Christian friend, asking for prayer because she said the terrorist penetrated my house, I'm in the bomb shelter, and it's just a door with a handle, not even locker, uh, not even lock. Uh, but she said, they are in my home, uh, please pray for us. So that was uh, our morning, October 7. So one of your congregation members, Katie, her terrorists were in her home. Uh, she was able, no doubt, to lock the bomb shelter. Would that be the way that she remained safe? Uh, because uh, she could very easily have been a victim like so many others were. Yeah, they they have no locker. They just uh, kept a handle and pray that terrorists wouldn't break in, wouldn't open up. And they they actually had video cameras in the house. So they were sitting 
uh, in the bomb shelter. Uh, so between them, her and her husband, and terrorists, just a door. And she was praying and watching her TV screen, I mean, the phone screen, and she saw what terrorists do, how they walk, how they talk, so she could hear them and see them on their phone, uh, and just behind their door. But as you say, a number of members from your congregation are already members of the Israeli Defence Force. Uh, They were no doubt called into action immediately when the situation began to deepen. Uh, Yes, and we had no connection with the guys. We just knew they are right there on the border. We have started to receive all the messages uh, from media, uh, the news. Uh, and we have no connection with the with our guys for uh, uh, quite a few days, actually. Of course, around the world, uh, there have been a lot of images that have come out in all sorts of media, uh, horrific images of what happened with that initial terror attack on the 7th of October. Uh, no doubt you were hearing dreadful stories, too, from people a part of your congregation. Yes, exactly. Because right now, uh, we have, uh, I have 35 soldiers from just my congregation in Ashdod. Uh, so we have about 10 soldiers and other reserve soldiers. So they all were called back to the military and deployed, including two of my sons. They're there. My worship pastor is there. My children's pastor is there. And like I said, 35 uh, people from my church, men and women, they are in the army right now. You're a Christian pastor. You're overseeing six churches throughout different communities in Israel. Come back to what we said right at the beginning of our congregation, and you were saying what God is doing. I wonder if you've got a reflection on what God is doing uh, with all of the dreadful and horrific stories that we are seeing about the terror attack and now the uh, the defense retaliation that's coming now from Israel. What is it that, as a pastor, you think God is doing, Israel? Uh, well, first of all, I spoke about, I shared about Katie and her husband. Uh, so these guys miraculously survived. And uh, uh, I think... For them, God really did a biblical level miracle uh, because terrorists spent two hours in their house and they were walking back and forth. They open every door, you know, they just make the house upside down. Uh, But every time they would come to the bomb shelter door, they behave like they don't see a door at all. And it's just normal door. I mean, it wasn't hidden door. It was just totally normal door. So every time... In, the, in two hours, they were going back and forth, back and forth, coming to the door, and they not, never even touched the handle. Uh, and Katie said her husband was holding the handle uh, just in case, you know, like uh, to protect the room, but it never even touched the handle. Uh, so it reminds me a story of uh, Abraham and, and Lot and angels when they came to Sodom uh, to evacuate, to take out uh, uh, Lot. And when local people uh, try to attack them, try try to pursue them, it says angels took a lot into the house and make people blind. They couldn't find door uh, to the house. So I believe we we've seen the same miracle in for this family. They survived, and actually uh, there were actually three kibbutz or three kind of villages. 
uh, at the Gaza border, and two of them suffered a lot, lost a third of the village, uh, people being killed, children, women, men killed, killed and take hostages, kidnapped. But uh, in her kibbutz, only few families suffered, like only three or four families. And uh, miraculously, the uh, rest of the people survived. And I believe it's uh, due to specific prayers because uh, everyone she knew and she kind of know many people and churches passed uh, the message uh, one to another. Uh, so uh, they got saved them and because of them, they saved most of the village, which is a miracle. Uh, now, when it's come to nation-wise, uh, you know, October 7, just the day before, just the day before of, of attack, Israel was going through deepest division in the history of Israel, the political division. But, you know, Israel have uh, probably like most of the countries, right and left parties and some different like uh, from extremely left to extremely right and in the middle, many parties. And it, we used to have divisions and disagreements. But this time, it was something different. The level was so high and, and division was so deep, it was actually, uh, we see growing hatred. And many, many people were concerned. What's going to be next? Uh, what happened with our country? Now, October 7 changed our country uh, just in a minute. Uh, when all the nations have seen what have done to people uh, just because they are Israelis, just the, because of their uh, people of Israel, their Jewish people, uh, with no other reasons. We don't speak about soldiers. You know, when soldiers fight, it's kind of okay, uh, even though we feel sorry for any loss, but it's we're used to it, and decided, designed to it, uh, for it. But normal people, just women, just children, so the level of violence and, and, and rape and all kind of kind of crime, uh, war crime, it was just 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 crazy, just 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 painful for the nation. So uh, from deep division. Uh, it changed the nation of Israel. It was like a pain, like a deep surgery, uh, like a trauma. And it grew to very deep unity. So it's amazing. I mean, it would be hard to believe because in, even in our prayers as Christians, we prayed and asked the Lord, what's going to be next? How the nation can be uh, uh, united again? I would never imagine that what would take to unite the nation, but literally, it's like a miracle. Nation really come together, left and right, and uh, now people are people are actually saying openly, we need to put it say, aside all the differences. Uh, actually, politicians ask forgiveness for, for, for from each other. Uh, the secular and orthodox people who used to debate come together on on, on media, on TV, on Israeli TV, saying like, we apologize. It shouldn't be this way. I mean, it's okay to disagree, but so it's amazing uh, spirit of repentance. Uh, from spirit of division to spirit of unity and lots, lots of prayer and uh, many, many, many people that turn to the Lord. I speak in, in general terms, not in Christian way, like not, they not become Christians, but literally they turn to the Lord, they pray to God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, God of Israel, they quote promises, they quote Psalms and and. All of these changes just in one, two days is just, just amazing. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. It is still dark in Israel as we speak and the Israeli Defence Forces are 
inside the borders of Gaza. Things are changing hour to hour. And our special guest has stayed up late to talk to us live this morning. Pastor Israel Pokhtar and his wife Vicky, they pastor the Beit Halal Congregation Christian Church in the city of Ashdod. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316 as we explore the feelings and the understanding of what's going on in Israel and in Gaza today. Uh, Pastor Israel can see Gaza from his window as we speak to him. It's only about 35 kilometers from his home. Uh, Pastor Israel, uh, when you said just before that break that crisis is bringing unity in Israel, the spirituality of that too, let me ask you to perhaps even enlarge a little because, uh, you know, as Christians we understand that spirituality. We also understand that Israel's been very secular But even the secular media are leading prayers to God. Give us an insight here into what's happening spiritually in Israel today. Yes, uh, so in addition to unity, uh, what happened on the first day, and really many, many stories become nationwide known, and you know Israel is a small nation, so every story has kind of uh, become very known. So uh, what we have seen people who've been caught uh, in fire, who've been uh, hiding in different places during the attack, in their homes, in the fields, in the cars, in different places, they would call police for help. And the police were, was overwhelmed. Uh, no one was ready for such a volume of, of terror attacks from every side. Uh, and Gaza is 70 kilometers, kilometers long. So the, the soldiers from Gaza uh, they break the barrier and they, they came and attacked cities along the border. So many, many dozens of kilometers. So the police was overwhelmed. They couldn't help. And we have uh, life records. When the people would call to police and they would ask them, uh, I'm here and here, could you come and get me, help me, save, save troops, send troops. And many times officers uh, told them, we cannot get to you, you need to wait. And the people on the phone just were asking, and it's recorded, they were asking, so what shall I do? And the police officers would tell them official statement. They would tell them, hide, be quiet and pray to God. And, you know, we're speaking about secular people who call into police and the religious people. So the secular people say, what did you say? Do you mean pray to God? Say, yes, pray to God, because only God can help you. And uh, then interview would go like, and what did you do? So I started to pray. So I didn't pray in my life or I didn't pray for my childhood. You know, I didn't pray for decades. And now, now I was praying, asking for God's mercy and God protected me. So it was the beginning of these first stories. Uh, but also, you know, the same day, uh, Saturday morning, I took my son, I drove, I'd, I'd driven my son by, by a car to the uh, point when the military bus uh, pick up soldiers. So I did it with my son who actually anyway was scheduled to go next day to the back to the army. Uh, and later in the evening, my second son, he asked me to take him to the army and pray, and pray together. Both of them uh, leaders in the church, they serve the Lord, they love the Lord, they preach in the gospel. Uh, in, also with the fellow soldiers in the army, they know they're called to be a light. But coming with them to the military buses, I could see uh, the change of atmosphere. Because normally, when we go to such a places, when soldiers come together, everyone would be happy, people would speak about uh, the strength 
and might of Israeli army, you know, uh, 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 pretty prideful, you know, and boastful, you know, like uh, we have great army and all these conversations. This time it was different. I could see people were broken and people were humbled by the situation. Uh, and they kind of felt, uh, felt uh, hopeless. They said, like, uh, what's going on here? But uh, praise the Lord, most of the people and most of the soldiers, they, they turned to the Lord right away. They started to speak scripture. They started to sing psalms. They started to quote prophecies and just encourage each other and their faith uh, and trust in the Lord. So it's amazing. But uh, in all these days of war, we see how trust to military and trust, uh, trust in government changed to trust in God. And they challenge, everyone challenge government, everyone know we need to do our best, army need to do our best, government need to try to do its best and function. But literally, uh, the situation really changed because in every military base, before any operation, people are singing psalms and people are praying, uh, both religious and not religious, everyone praying and there's always prayer leader, pump up, pump up, you know, it's not organized. It's just like a national movement and it's amazing. And uh, surely we pray as a church, but I and I want to want to share with you about uh, prayers of the church of Jewish and Arabs. But I want to just 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 kind of really be sure that you express the atmosphere in Israel, because even in the most secular channels, I was watching the most secular channels, the atheistic anchors who've been uh, totally against God, totally against religion. Uh, officially said on the on the TV, we join prayers with all these people who pray. We join prayers. We were saying repeatedly, we join your prayers. We join your prayers. We join your prayers. Uh, for me, it was like a miracle because I know these guys. They're atheists. <laughs> they would never speak about God, and I'm the same. We pray together. We pray with you. We feel your pain and such. Could we be seeing here the sort of miracle that comes, a nation turning to God? Is that something you could see? It could be just on the horizon with this sort of coverage in the media, with a nation that's turning to the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Uh, is this something that we are seeing that's quite miraculous? Uh, that's right. That's right. Because it's all over not only social media, it's all over TV and every soldier tell a story. And like I said, we have many soldiers from my uh, church and they are in different positions in the north of Israel, south of Israel. So it's not it's not something local to uh, any place or military base, any location, but it's nationwide. People are praying. You know, being in Tel Aviv, uh, most secular city in Israel, uh, sitting together with the families whose uh, relatives were kidnapped, same thing. Uh, just in the middle of uh, all of the sorrow, uh, many people would come together and uh, different rabbis would lead the prayer, uh, but not only traditional rabbis, not only orthodox rabbis, uh, just secular rabbis, not even wearing kippah, which is not normal for Israel, they would say, we're all men of God, all people of prayer, all people of book, let's pray. Pastor, lots to talk about. Let's see if we can squeeze in some calls here. Brett has been waiting patiently. Hello, Brett, welcome. Hi, Neil. Hi, Israel. How are you? Very well. What are your thoughts here, Brett? Yeah, I'm just sorry to hear what's happening over in Israel and Gaza. It's um, terrible. Um, but I just wondered, in regards to your listeners and what they might know and understand about the war, 
in regards to Hamas is actually funded by Israel itself and uh, a lot of it has been propaganda uh, propagandized and set up uh, over time. Um, now, to understand it, uh, True News, TRU News, they did a four-part documentary series on sacrificing liberty, you know, the ship Liberty, the US Liberty that was uh, shot down uh-huh. and uh, annihilated. And that explains a lot about what's actually happening now. So I just thought your listeners might be interested in... It's interesting, isn't that. it? And when we talk about propaganda and uh, there are propaganda machines uh, working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and uh, there's a propaganda machine that is supporting Hamas, and there's a propaganda machine too, rightly, that will be supporting the nation of Israel that has been victim of this dreadful terror attack. I wonder if, uh, Pastor Israel, you've got a response here for Brett around the sort of propaganda that happens in a time of war. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, Israel at not only physical war, and we didn't get to speak about spiritual warfare yet, uh, that, but this war and this conflict is uh, totally spiritual and totally religious because all the violence that have been done, all the attacks that have been done, they've been done in the name of God. Uh, because people, the terrorists who attacked Israel, uh, the eyewitnesses were saying again and again uh, and sharing testimonies how they prayed first, how they call on the name of God. So the actual conflict here is not just people, it's just a group of people, but uh, radical uh, you know, groups and terrorists. Uh, and I can tell you just, just, just briefly, uh, you know, we pray for Gaza. And I I have friends who've been born and raised in Gaza. Uh, one of them today is a pastor in a, a different part of West Bank, and uh, a big just escape. Another pastor is right now in Germany. Uh, but there is uh, people and Christians who've been born and raised in Gaza. They uh, not ju- they're more than just eyewitnesses. They've been living there, you know, until their adult life, and eventually escape when God opened door for them. So uh, also I have fr- Arab friends, and I have people in my church who speak Arabic. Uh, so for everyone who know, want to know the truth, it's easy, and we have uh, witnesses here, both Jewish and Arabs, and Christians and Muslims. Uh, and there's, by the way, I have to tell you, um, there's many, many Muslims who rose against this violence, so disagree with this violence and the standing with Israel. There's one of the best guys who explained situation, actually, they are Arab-speaking, uh, because they are Arabs. But uh, they actually uh, stand with Israel because they understand uh, the situation uh, from biblical perspective or just politically, uh, human rights perspective. Both stories we have from those who are Christians, the Christian background, and non Christians. Uh, so it's interesting, but uh, we are in the midst of also a uh, uh, media war. And uh, there is lots, lots, lots of uh, attacks on Israel uh, through social media. And uh, yes, I'm not familiar with this specific channel uh, the gentleman mentioned. Uh, and I know there is, there, there is good channels and good sources for, for uh, real truth information. Uh, but Israel is at, at, at definitely at war. And I can tell you, uh, unfortunately, Israel is losing this warfare. 
And uh, as a pastor and the one who studied the Bible, I can tell you that actually that's what's supposed to happen eventually. And we will see how nations will turn uh, against Israel. We're going to see, like for example, one, one of the chapters in Revelations uh, given us a spiritual side of this uh, warfare. And it says with one of the uh, angels, Archangels blown shofar, the seals were taken off, and then what happened next? It's like a, like the principle of what's already happening in the future to happen on bigger scale. But it says hell was open, and there's uh, three spirits came out of hell, uh, and the spirits looked like a frog, and they enter to the kings of the nations to light them, and eventually gather those nations for the final battle against uh, Israel and against people of God. Uh, so I, I want to just add to it also spiritual perspective because we are Christians, so I have to speak scriptures as well. I praise the Lord. And that's what we see, that's what we feel. And uh, what I didn't tell probably uh, enough time, but is October 7. It was the heaviest and darkest day in the history of Israel, in the modern history of Israel. So uh, we have a different war. The independence war was very difficult. Uh, 67 was a little better, better for Israel. Uh, Yom Kippur war, or, uh, war of uh, 1973 was very difficult with lots of losses. Yet we, ne we never have experienced what we experienced in October, October 7. So we will see. We will see with the years. Books will be written, films, uh, documentaries will be made because it was very, very difficult and heavy day for all nation of Israel. And actually, this situation and this story unlocked many, many different events, and we're going to see chain of events all over the world uh, as time goes by. Uh, but uh, coming to original question, uh, yes, there is lots of propaganda, and uh, Israel actually losing the propaganda side. And I can, I've been trying to understand why we're losing this war. It's actually very clear and very diff uh, easy to explain. And, uh, you know, everyone who wants to see the truth, you can just go to internet and see other side, to see both sides and make, make his, his mind, uh, yet we're losing. And I think part of it is just Israel, kind of because Israel knows that we are doing right. It's a democratic, democratic country. It's only free country in the Middle East. And, you know, uh, we don't act just emotionally. The government make decision, the lawyers involved, the international lawyers involved in every little step Israel do, uh, you know. But, and I think this uh, this feeling of we are right, you know, like we're a sovereign country, we're a democracy, you know, we are right. It's probably kind of uh, make Israel more, more uh, weak uh, when it's come to international media and international explanation what's really going on. Uh, and from another hand, the uh, the uh, the position opposition of Israel, the terrorists, the different groups, they learn about power of media and power of lies. Uh, so they don't hesitate to lie. And one of the greatest example is actually a story about bombed a hospital. You know, and for me actually it was like a really uh, like a check for the nations, like God is kind of testing nations, and he does, and there are scriptures about it, I want to read a little later, but, uh, you know, when bomb was uh, launched by, uh, this time not uh, Hamas, but another group, uh, Islamic Jihad, uh, you know, Jihad is a holy war against, against infidel, meaning against uh, Jews and Christians, uh, first of all, and then other, the other uh, idol worshippers, 
Uh, that's the definition of uh, Islamic Jihad. So this organization called the Islamic Jihad launched rocket, uh, and rocket exploded in the air and fell down on the hospital. And it was actually recorded by Al Jazeera because Al Jazeera was going live, and they actually recorded, uh, and they couldn't hide it. But also Israel have its footages now. When, uh, internet, when Hamas released this message, oh, Israel is bombing our hospitals. And it was so sad to see Hassan mainstream news pick up this story without asking Israel, without checking, without checking documentary, without checking footages. They just believed the terrorist versus uh, uh, free the country that actually taking responsibility for every action. So that was said. And it was a it was an example of uh, what happens when there is a media, a propaganda, psychological war that is. Uh, in action uh, whenever there is this sort of war declaration. Brett, thank you so much for your call. Brett from WA. Let's see if we can get a number of more callers uh, in here. Dorothy is in Wandai in Queensland. Hi, Dorothy. What are your thoughts? Uh, Firstly, I just want to thank um, Pastor Israel for the update. For me personally... Um, as I've been praying, and and before the war began, as God has um, told us as Christians, we are to pray for Israel. And then when it came to the war and everything, what Pastor Israel has shared about the unity and all of that. And so when I first saw it unfolding, which was only about two hours after it began, because I follow Amir Safati on Telegram, and he gives us in real time. And it just, yeah, it blew my mind. And so going into my prayer closet and praying the Psalms, Psalms that he was telling us to pray, also Psalms that uh, God was leading me to pray, Psalms 122, Psalms 121, Psalms 91. But my call is that I am so encouraged with this, um, this report as a prayer warrior, that I can go back to my closet and just give praise and glory to God because that's what we're praying. We're praying for unity. We're praying that the Jews would look up and call out to our God, their God, Abba Father. Um, I, I'm just so encouraged, and I thank you. And just a little, just to add a little, yes, the secular media and all of that. Well, I haven't listened to our News, news. I listen to Vision Radio, and the few um, that I follow on Telegram and on multimedia. Not, not the secular stuff. The real stuff. Yep, Dorothy, I'll jump in here. I want to thank you so much for your call. Uh, a real encouragement. And yes, it is a privilege uh, to be hearing the things that we are hearing today. One eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's take another call. Chris is in Melbourne. Hello, Chris. Welcome. G'day, Neil and Pastor Israel. I just want to say, uh, yeah, I'm praying for all the pastors in the Mount Moriah Trust and uh, shalom to you and shalom over the situation. And I just want to say, Neil, make a comment. I just wonder if this is the Psalm 83 war, which will in, lead, in turn lead to the Gog-Magog war soon and uh, which has ramifications for the rapture and all that sort of stuff. I just wonder if, if people are thinking that 
Chris, good thoughts. And uh, Pastor Israel, uh, your thoughts here on uh, prophetic fulfillment. Uh, there's not a lack of prophetic uh, understanding that we glean from the scriptures, uh, Old Testament, uh, coming to to bear in the, the nation of Israel. Where do you see things now uh, so far as prophetic fulfillment? Uh, well, we differently see uh, the change of situations and uh, time to time we see this uh, global shaking that, uh, that also affects Israel and we see how situations are changed. So uh, speaking of biblical prophecies, Bible prophecies, uh, we definitely see we're coming closer to the end times, we're coming closer to the uh, all these final events, and uh, every event taking us closer and closer. Uh, for example, uh, even this attack, uh, you know what happened when this attack was launched. Uh, well, by, by the way, I have to share you a, a, a kind of reminder. You know, Jesus said uh, there are certain things will happen, certain certain disasters will happen, and he mentioned, he said, pray that it won't happen at winter in Israel, and it won't happen on Shabbat. And actually saying pray for it, he actually uh, leading us, giving us an understanding that our prayer uh, can affect situations, even though certain events will take place, right? Actually, this event happened at Shabbat, when Israel was asleep. Uh, you know, when army was uh, not ready to fight, uh, they really were celebrating feast, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bad situation. But actually, it's a reminder for every Christian, as much as important for us, to be alert, to uh, watch our, you know, our, our spirituality, to be in prayers, and to be ready for any uh, enemy attacks. And, and as Israel been attacked physically. Uh, the same way as Christians in every nation, we are attacked spiritually in the same level, you know. So uh, it's really many things that happen with Israel have similarity with our lives, with Christian life. And uh, it's messages for us. It's a reminders for us. It's a wake up call for all the Christians, not only in Israel, but around the world. And coming back to uh, prophecies. Yes, uh, we live in prophetic times because most of the prophecies, uh, when they spoke about Israel, they spoke about uh, disaster and destruction of Israel and exile uh, for generations, uh, which have been fulfilled 2,000 years ago, and they continue in, as a waves, uh, event after event. But then oh, every prophet said, first of all, you will survive as a nation. Uh, I will keep you as a nation. Then prophet said, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, I will uh, visit you in the nations and I will bring you back to Israel. And interesting enough, but prophet saying, I will do it uh, at the end times. By the end times, I will do that. By the end times, I will do that. So uh, restoration and resurrection of Israel, uh, the state of Israel, country of Israel, actually was the beginning of this uh, like final phase in history of humanity, uh, leading us to next prophecies. And now, what happened now, you know, it was interesting, I was watching carefully, but there were calls of uh, Hamas, and they called uh, to all the Muslims in the world, especially countries around Israel. They were, they've been calling Egypt, they've been calling uh, uh, Jordan, they've been calling Syria and Lebanon and other countries who are behind, Iraq, Iran and other, other countries. Let's stand up together and let's attack Israel. And it was serious calls. And actually, if you would listen carefully, uh, the call, and respond of many groups and many people, not the governments yet, uh, but 
different people in those countries, different radical groups uh, in those countries. So many of them actually stood up and many of them went out to the streets and many of them, like in Jordan, uh, the government didn't back it up. Uh, government didn't decide to attack Israel, but people actually, thousands and thousands of people, they stood up and they went to Israeli border, but praise the Lord, eventually the police and military succeeded to stop them uh, because they, they didn't carry weapons. Uh, but situation was very serious. There was call for Israeli Arabs. There was call for Arabs in the West Bank and actually many rose. It's not in the media. But I have uh, eyewitnesses, I have Christians who live in the West Bank, and I have uh, Israeli soldiers, Christian soldiers who serve in the, in the West Bank, and they literally told me Israel is not on the news because I feel like government don't want to scare people. But there's a prison, a prison in the West Bank, and it looks very scary. And we don't know if we can uh, 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 kind of stop it without, uh, without opening another front of war uh, and receiving real battles. But praise God, right now it's under control. Uh, so when you see that, it reminds you biblical prophecies where when all the nations will rise against Israel, especially surrounding nations. Well, Chris in Melbourne, thank you so much for your call and uh, for that response uh, that when there is a prophetic fulfillment, that is a wake-up call, and it's not just uh, for the people of Israel, but it's a wake-up call for the nations. Uh, just a few minutes remaining in our conversation, Pastor Israel, just to come back to the personal challenges that uh, you're facing, uh, leading six congregations uh, throughout Israel. And I know that the son of your best friend uh, was killed on October 7th. So you have felt a direct uh, chilling uh, effect of what's happened with the terror attack early on. I wonder if you've got any perspective from the people in your congregation as to whether they are fearful in this time. Uh, they're looking to God, and no doubt under your leadership, they're thinking similar, similar thoughts to what you've shared. But uh, what do you think could be coming over the days ahead? Any, any thoughts from you about what's just on the horizon now? Uh, yes. Well, first of all, Israel definitely uh, not going to lose this war. And right now, existence of Israel not at stake. Uh, it can accelerate. Uh, no, it, it, it can potentially. And uh, we see the calls, like I said, there is calls. And uh, we really can see how prophetic words uh, can be fulfilled easily. Uh, you know, and I can tell you just, just, just kind of one of the ways it can happen, it uh, can happen very soon. You know, right now, America is backing up Israel big way. Uh, some Western countries like uh, England, France, Germany, which was a big surprise for Israel, uh, literally a big surprise. It looks like they understand. And when we see that, uh, we feel God has given Israel uh, more time, not only Israel, but humanity uh, more time. Uh, because there are few indications of last days. Uh, gospel being preached in the nations, it's one of them. And we know there is big progress with the gospel being preached. And we, uh, no one knows the, where is the line, when no one knows where we're going to be last person who will have freedom to hear the gospel before, uh, you know, next events. Uh, but definitely, that's one sign. And Israel and situation in Israel described in the book of uh, uh, Daniel and prophets and book of Revelation and words of Jesus. But we really see 
uh, how it can change and happen in one day, because I can tell you the feeling here in Israel was, so we are so close to a second front open up in Lebanon and Syria and Jordan and eventually Egypt, because actually Egypt said, uh, literally it was a point, very heavy point when Egypt said, if Israel will uh, open a door from Rafiyah and let Palestinians run to Egypt, Egypt said, we will stop it and actually we will attack Israel. It will be a war because we're not ready to receive these uh, people. It was a really clear statement. So uh, when you see all of that, <laughs> and now you see what Erdogan is doing in Turkey, a president in Turkey, when the uh, president of Turkey, uh, which is uh, north of Israel, you know, and he's the one of the northern lands, and the Bible emphasizes uh, northern armies, right? So uh, he is the one who rises against Israel officially. And I can tell you this time it's different. Uh, we used to have threats and all kind of crazy messages from Turkey, but they would stand for people of Israel, but not for Hamas. I mean, not Israel, sorry, for people that will support people of uh, 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 Palestinian people, right, Palestinians, but not specific uh, terroristic organization. This time, he stands not just with people, but actually with Hamas, you know. And you see what happened with Russia right now. So you really see formations, the formations taking place, and the, uh, we can actually see that, uh, not only predict and, you know, uh, do all these crazy predictions, <laughs> for some people crazy, but actually... It's it's kind of looks like natural right now, right? Uh, so we're definitely moving toward last dates, and we see the preparations taking place. Yes, uh, a movement towards last days, and very challenging things that are happening as things unfold hour by hour in the nation of Israel. Uh, Pastor Israel Pokhtar and his wife Vicky, they pastor the Beit Halal Congregation. Uh, time has run out for us to talk today. There'd be so much more we could cover. Uh, but for listeners to connect to Pastor Israel, uh, let me give the website for the church. And you can find out and you can see images uh, on the website of just what church looks like when you've got Christians in Israel. The Beit Halal uh, website is Beit, that's B E I T. H-A-L-L-E-L hyphen Israel dot org. That's the website to connect with Pastor Israel. Beit Halal hyphen Israel dot org. And as I've said, Pastor Israel, just 35 kilometers from Gaza, he can look out through his window and he can see uh, the evidence of what is happening right now, even as we speak. Pastor Israel, I want to thank you so much for sharing your heart with us and some deep insights into the spirituality of Israel from deep division to a flourishing unity and for even secularized people calling on God for help. And he is becoming their deliverer. And so we may be seeing the awakening of a nation, a nation to God. Uh, Pastor Israel, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today on 2020. Well, it was a pleasure uh, to share, and uh, please pray for us, because for us in Israel right now, it's a great time to serve people, to help people, to bless people, and speak life. We feel like we're doing uh, comfort, comfort, but people says the Lord. That's what we do daily as a church, helping people, praying for people. So pray for us. It will continue to be a light in the dark times for Israel. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.